Hi, I'm Alan Altman. I'm Dave Jeskow. And I'm Pilly Joel. And you're listening to Pilly Joel A to Z. Uncanny impression. Billy Joel, he wrote so many songs. Some fast, some slow, and some go on too long. All the hits and hidden gems, even the turds, it ends at Z, not A. With your friends, Elon and Dave. Hello, friends, and welcome to the wrap-up show for the letter U. Why don't we just kick it off with the rankings? Drum roll. <laughs> On the bottom is Until the Night, my number one U song is Uptown Girl. I know, what a shocker. The gag, of course, being that after the T's and the S's, having only two songs to wrap up, but we haven't done a wrap-up show like that in a while. And quite frankly, at this point, in the Billy Joel A to Z podcast world, we probably don't even need to do it anymore, but... Alan and I are creatures of habit, and we like to keep things consistent. I wonder, though, Alan, uh, I get the feeling from some of the comments I saw on Instagram that some people's lists might actually be Uptown Girl, if we're doing it backwards, and then Until the Night at number one. They don't seem to like Uptown Girl as much as I do, or as much as clearly the people at the residency love it as an encore. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think you're right. And honestly, that's my list. My list is Uptown Girl, For second, real? Until the Night. First, I thought maybe you would. It's so funny. I was like, nah, he's got to be like me where it come on. Uptown Girl's got to be number one out of the two. Really? You hate Uptown Girl that much? No, I like it. Remember when we did the album wrap up, I put Uptown Girl, I think, at number two or something. So I, I stuck it high on that album. But I also when we did up Until the Night, you know, I was really into that song. And it sounds like a lot of our listeners were as well. And Uptown Girl is just so polarizing. Some people just hate it. What can you do? Yeah. So, well, the question is, do you really like Until the Night? You do. Or were most it seemed, and I don't have everybody's comments, it seemed like people just don't like Uptown Girl. And I don't know why I, I love it. I you know why? Do I? I mean, obviously you love it, but you can also see why people might hate it. Uh, like the, yeah, I, the corniness I, of it, and watching actually, I blind don't dancing. I don't understand why a Billy Joel lover would hate it. I guess I could see why a Billy Joel hater would hate it. When listening to our, you know, people that listen to our podcast, I would think would like it. But I guess I well, wait till you see what I got today. I am in another world, so. I gotta, I'm gonna tell you. You know what? I'll just tell you now. I'm gonna, okay. do, I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna go for this. Remember, I told you that I was gonna do this, that I was gonna take Piano Man and Street Life Serenade, and make different albums. Yes. And, and I'm gonna, if I can ever figure out, you know, the Spotify, I can't do it yet because I haven't heard three of the songs. <laughs> so, but this is the placement. I did this today. Okay. Okay. If with the Dave Juskow remix. Piano Man now goes Piano Man and in this order, side one. Piano Man, Ain't No Crime, You're My Home, because I didn't know where to place it because I don't know it. I don't know it at all. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm I got three songs I'd never heard of before. <laughs> this if is the I host only, of a Billy Joel podcast, everybody. <laughs> isn't that the best? If oh, I man. only had the words to tell you and somewhere along the line, side two kicks off with Captain Jack, then Roberta. The Entertainer, Weekend Song, whatever that is, and Souvenir, okay? 
That's okay. Piano Man album. The Street Life Serenade album, side one, Street Life Serenader, Travel and Prayer, Stop in Nevada, Los Angelinos, The Great Suburban Showdown ends the first side. Second side kicks off with the ballad of Billy the Kid, Last of the Big Time Spenders, Root Beer Rag, Worst Comes to Worst. Again, these will be difficult once I hear this. And ends with the other instrumental, The Mexican Connection. What do you think? Yeah, that's not so bad. I like it. So the so Street Life Serenade becomes a little bit more of the country western album. Exactly. We put all that stuff on, and then you really have a concept album, and the other stuff moves to Piano Man. Yeah, I think maybe you'll find that the weekend song goes into the Piano Man bucket. Well, that's the, that's why I can't put it together because I I will put this on Spotify in this order, whatever I have, but I don't know those songs at all at all i have no idea how they go and this is so exciting <laughs> i love yeah. the fact that there are three billy joel songs that i just mentioned i've never heard of that's pretty good because what do we have we have like i don't know 15 songs left or 12 like we're yeah. getting near the end of the alphabet and there's still a high percentage that dave Juskow has never heard i mean think about it. yes to host a billy joel podcast like this and not know these songs that's hilarious and a little stupid but the for me, I get to hear three new Billy Joel songs, which is what I want the concerts to be. Because there's got to be people that are going to that residency that don't know some of these songs, too. Yeah, but also I think there's a lot of people that go to the residency that don't even know 20 of the songs he's playing. That's yeah, the thing. It's still brand new to a lot of these like Fairweather fans who just have heard Piano Man and Uptown Girl. Did you just call me a Fairweather fan? <laughs> but I am. It's okay. It is exciting for me that I haven't heard other songs, but I God, I don't know what it is about that stupid uptown girl. I was listening to my car. The, I guess I was listening to the the uh Innocent Man wrap up album and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna play Uptown Girl. And I haven't played Uptown Girl in my car driving ever. I mean, since the eighties. I guess I was done, but I, I I'm just thinking about the it's my favorite encore now. That's the best. That crowd goes crazy when he sings it. It's better than we didn't start the fire. I mean, we like it, but Uptown Girl gets the crowd going. It shouldn't, but it does. You were there. I'm yeah, crazy, you're right? right. I mean, look, we all got we got everyone got excited about it. We were in no man's land. No man's land, right? <laughs> um, it was. It's like high energy. So yeah, you're gonna like you're gonna laugh and dance and sing to it and then afterwards you're gonna feel terrible about it because you're embarrassed <laughs> that that happened but in the yeah. moment you're like really into it yeah it really is okay. embarrassing but yet oh you know you just sit there and you're like so we're doing you know coming up is vienna just take, we don't have to say the v's which is vienna and then we have the stranger wrap-up so that is what's interesting we're gonna do we're gonna talk in depth about the album, the greatest album, maybe of all time, and definitely his greatest album. And you just can't picture when you're listening to Only the Good Die Young or something like, especially Seeds from Italian Restaurant, that this guy in 10 years or less is going to do Uptown Girl. It just doesn't add up. Yeah, it's kind of like if you were, let's say, a big fan of George Carlin. Like, who, who do you think is the most cerebral comedian? Uh, what does that mean? Like, like just like intellectually really intellectual. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I, 
yeah, probably Carlin's an excellent example. Excellent. Okay, example. so like you're big into Carlin, and he's he's like hitting on these tough topics and super funny and amazingly clever. And then like ten years later, he just goes on stage and lets people hit him in the face with pie. <laughs> that was an outstanding analogy. My goodness, that's perfect. You're absolutely right. Yeah, and people just... love it. You go to the show at MSG. There's George Carlin. Pies are hitting him in the face. Everyone's cheering because it's hilarious and fun. But if he just, like, that or, wasn't or, as good as the early stuff. If he just started crushing watermelons with a sledgehammer. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there there yeah. it is. You're, I mean, Jesus Christ, right. Or he just starts doing a, a, a prop act. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of funny because like the watermelon thing is a good example. Like Gallagher, like I used to always watch his specials. They would be on Comedy Central all the time in the 90s. They'd always be replaying his specials. And there's like really good, clever wordplay. Like he has well-written jokes. Like he knew what he was doing. And then there would be smashing watermelon. So that's kind of like Billy Joel playing like all these like really great, well-crafted songs that are, um, you know, critically acclaimed. And then Uptown Girl. Yeah. It is a strange existence. Billy Joel leads in a sense of his music catalog but uh, you know if you like him you like him and uh i that song works for me anyway what i want to say is about until the night is that if you remember in the episode i let that 1978 boston concert kind of play out a little longer than normal when he was saying it's until the night and then let it play because i wanted you to think that you're in the audience that night and it's the first time you've ever heard that song. Now that's not a great example until the night. Cause it's not that well known, but mm -hmm. we've spoken about this before when you're at Carnegie hall in the seventies or something. And you know, for the first time you're hearing my life or something like that big shot. We, there's an example of that. And you know, you, I want you to be in the moment, you know, can you even imagine that you're about to hear before anyone else hears it before the album's released this new song that's going to be a billy joel staple and that's why i that's why i thought it was really interesting you're just sitting there and you're like this is so cool yeah but also like what was funny is when you're in those kind of moments with any artist like whether it's billy joel or anyone else like we all go to concerts and when they do play some of the new stuff and like your reaction a lot of the time is going to be like what is this like this is weird i don't like yes, this exactly and then later like you love it because then it becomes a hit and you hear it a lot of times and then you have to like have revisionist history in your mind and like block out the fact that you hated big shot the first time you heard it isn't that fascinating isn't that fascinating do you know what's an interesting example or story i'll never forget it i guess i was watching the playoffs i remember it was pittsburgh against who i don't know what and i guess it's easy to find out because we can find out the year it was released it must have been maybe the afc championship or something because Cheryl Crow came on at halftime and she played Soak Up the Sun. It wasn't out yet. It was a real risky move. Mm -hmm. And she played in front of a very festive crowd on national television and she played that song. And I remember it so well. Like it's stuck in my mind. I'm like, this is a fucking good song. And it, like it, I was singing it afterwards. Like that, you know, usually that just never happens. And then it was released like, I don't know, five months later, there was like a big gap between her playing it and that AFC championship and then the gap of it being actually released. It makes sense because like that's a summer kind of song. You're not going to release that in January. Oh, that's an excellent point. Well, that's why it was also funny too. And she looked so great. And I think she was wearing like a little, like not fur, obviously, but something like that and just playing Soak Up the Sun. Right. Didn't make any sense. I guess that makes sense. 
but I just remember it. And I like I remember where I was when she when I first heard that song and nobody had heard that song again, a gutsy move to not just play the hits when you're in front of a, a Pittsburgh crowd, you know, uh, especially a woman take that's a risk. But she must have even known this is a everybody's going to like this song. And it is a good it's a really good. I love her. I think she's really. Terrific. Yeah. And that song is like really catchy the first time you hear it. That's so one of those catchy ones that you'll right away be like, well, I can tell this is catchy. I kind of like it. Yeah. Also, when we had Danny Vermont on to talk about the concerts, uh, you know, him with the Stevie Nicks and us and MSG, I did find out because we were wondering if Paul Simon ever came to the garden. Mm-hmm. And I did find out that he did come to the garden in 2017 with Miley Cyrus for some reason. Oh, that's that's back when they were dating. <laughs> right, right, of course. And uh, they sang You May Be Right. So Paul that's Simon has... Cool been at one of the residencies uh and so that's we were wondering we didn't know and it didn't make sense that he wouldn't have been there once at this point yeah so i got to the bottom of that also let's just talk for a second about liberty because we said we were going to save it for the use wrap up one of my musician friends they listened to it and they they loved it no one of my regular friends he works uh, he's a producer he said that liberty interview was fantastic I think that's the best interview we might have ever had in the sense of this podcast. Certainly we have funnier interviews, but boy, that was he he was so good and so forthcoming and so easy to talk to and so much fun. And we got so much insight that was like worth this entire journey. Yeah, it was amazing, like how open he was. And I don't know, I guess after all these episodes of you acting like he was this, what, what he seems like, which is standoffish and rude and you know, all the things that you called him that he was like so cool and fun and laid back and like willing to just talk to us forever. Like we probably could have gone on for like three hours. Yeah, it, it was it was shocking in the sense, just like you said, the way I've been like this guy he hates everybody so angry and there's no reason not to believe that. That's everything that's written about him says that. But obviously he's mellowed and what a joy. I guess obviously he's made peace with himself and with Billy and he's enjoying being in this cover band. And that that must be we just caught him at the perfect year. <laughs> That's the only thing I can. I mean, what? how great when he mentioned he was telling Billy he had to finish Summer Highland Falls. The fact that he's involved with that, our favorite song, you know, a, a one that wasn't a hit, but obviously over the years has transmorphed into a classic Billy Joel song. 
Yeah, he literally has a story about every song, every classic song he has a little story about. What, what, that, he, that he thought that either it was either Gene Simmons or the Cars. That I was, I'm praying it's the Cars, but it's either Gene Simmons from Kiss, or the Cars where he saw them. There, it can't be Gene Simmons. Oh no! So it's the Cars were obviously, as you see in my horrible movie Turbocharge, uh, horrible on stage. So then, right, he went to go see Kiss, and he's like, "We got to do, we got to have our shows better." <laughs> that makes sense. You can't go to see Kiss as a musician and just say, "No, it's a, people just like the tunes." It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The music stands up. They don't need this other stuff. Also, of course, the huge news with that new documentary with Elizabeth Weber. When is that coming out? I'm like dying. I cannot wait to see that. Yeah. I want to know what she looks like now. I want to yeah, well, know what she looks like, first of all. Right. And then I want to hear her side. You know, people pick on me all the time, but what they don't know and I don't know how to finish that statement, yeah. but that's what we're hoping. Or, or she'll be like, I actually wrote all the lyrics. I let Billy take credit for it. Oh, God, I'd give anything if that was the case. Boy, wouldn't that be something else? You find out he has never written a lyric. Cindy Lauper is the only one he credited because he felt nah, better. But meanwhile, it's been Elizabeth Weber all the time. Oh, what a scoop. <laughs> that, well, wow. That'd be something else. You know, Billy Joel isn't as prolific as you thought. Um, I wrote all the lyrics and quite frankly a lot of the melodies <laughs> it's him singing but that's pretty much all he did yeah it's not even him singing that's me singing and then we use studio tricks we use uh, <laughs> all right well schools. he plays the piano i think it's a I player taught him how to play the piano yeah right right oh so that'll be good and then uh i don't know where to find it i have done a very deep dive trying to find that song i am the greatest and uh it just keeps running into the greatest hits album i can't you know, for Billy oh, Joel. Oh, yeah. So we got to talk to the guys at Glass Houses. Apparently, they have a copy of it. That's what we'll Liberty talk. told us, right? Yeah. They're going to be like, we don't have a copy of it. We know they're going <laughs> to just not give it to us. They're going to stonewall us. We'll give it to you, but you have to stop your podcast. You that have to get Dave it. Juskow off your podcast because he doesn't know anything about Billy Joel. Yeah, you have to replace Juskow. And then I guess that'll be it. You'll just because it'll be worth it. And get to hear Liberty's only song he ever wrote. Yeah, that'll be a great self-sacrifice. You'd be like, for the good of Billy Joel fans, that's right. I will step back. That's right. Do you want to talk about some of the comments on the Liberty interview? I, I totally would like to talk about, at this point, all the comments on the U songs and Liberty, yes. Okay, so starting with Liberty, universal acclaim. Everyone loved it. Uh, Autumn B. Melody said, so awesome. BU2 Believe, best episode so far. Steve Hickman, yeah. wonderful experience. What a great guy. And you both asked just the right questions. Morley Scott loved hearing Liberty. He was so glad that um, Liberty and Dave made up. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Jeff Hutchinson said, great interview. Luckily, he didn't listen to any of the older episodes. <laughs> well, I, I did mention that I would I, I was a little. You were open about it. You didn't yeah, say yeah, exactly what you yeah. said, but you, you know said. Right. But I was you, oh, I wasn't a phony about it. <laughs> yeah. You weren't like, we've always sung your praises. <laughs> right. Um, Bert Coast said, great stuff. Love that you asked what he ate on the Stranger album cover. How could you not? I mean, yeah, those a, are the hard-hitting questions that we I'm, asked. That most I'm a foodie, right. And the way we did it, too. I'm like, look, I'm going to ask the question everybody's been waiting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did you have that night at uh, the Macaroni Company? <laughs> Dino Courtney said, great interview. Loved the info that Paul Simon contributed to the idea to keep only the good die young light. 
Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That is interesting, isn't it? It's great. And that's the other thing. Like, how could he not be an MSG? Look at that. They got they got a history. Yeah. Gira Sola Solagira said, What a treat for all of us. Fascinating to hear his stories. It can only be topped by Billy Joel himself. Yep. That we know that. We're working we, on it. Yeah, we've really backed ourselves into a corner there. Well, obviously, you've heard the Bob Golden interview by now, which I hope you liked because we liked it. We love talking to him. That interview he got as a kid it's just i can't get enough of his opening uh we like he's sit he's you can picture it in your head him kneeling down on by on the on the floor of the airplane sticking the tape recorder in billy's mouth but it's like the way we have a guest and we're like i'm alan altman i'm dave Juskow, and i'm liberty devito i mean first of all guys you had to have loved that that we got him to even do that. That's fun, right? It was it was really crazy. That's amazing because then you know it's, it's like, wait, they got him to I mean, because that makes him already cool. So, but that's what I'm saying is that this, Bob is doing that thing where you would just figure you'll do it later, but he was he did the intro. And you're listening to WY's Pizza's Brown. He's like, we have a lot of jazz music coming up this way, six o'clock in the morning. And uh, we have somebody here. Like, why do the intro where you have Billy Joel right there? <laughs> you're trying to get as much info as you can. And that's my favorite part of the whole thing that you could possibly hear. It's difficult, but boy, that was uh he's a real interesting guy, folks. If you ever uh see him uh, you know. Uh, do yourself a favor and watch one of the Lori Berkner music videos that he's in. You see him drumming and smiling. It's so funny. He's so into it and cool uh, to, you know, try and make it happy and fun for the kids. It's uh, so, yeah, you can see him actually in those videos and it's super fun. So interesting guy. Yeah. That was cool talking to him. So one more thing. This is a big scoop. Okay. Yeah. We got a big, big scoop from the Liberty interview from one of our listeners. Liberty had mentioned in the interview that he wrote these dirty lyrics to my life that were like so obscene. He wouldn't even tell us what they are. Right? right. And we were all dying. We wanted to know what these lyrics are. And someone sent us a message. Okay. Summer Hayes, John said, they think they know about the Liberty forbidden lyrics. They said when Billy Joel came to Sydney, they think on the River of Dreams tour, Billy alluded to these inappropriate lyrics without giving everybody every single word. So he left out some, he put some blanks in. But what he said were that the lyrics were, you blank my blank, what a way to say good morning. And so we could fill that in if you want, I'll, you want me to sing what, what I assume those lyrics are. Yeah, because it, I didn't see this comment. This is interesting. Okay. You suck my dick. What's a way to say good morning? <laughs> <laughs> Why did Liberty think he couldn't say that here? Because he said oh, his I daughters might listen. Oh, right. Know. That'd be great if they did. But that's, oh, that's so far. Wow. Who is that guy again that figured it out from the Australia tour all the way back then? Their name is Summer Hayes John. Summer Hayes John. 30 years he remembered that part. That's fascinating. That's, thank you. Uh, yeah, that is a giant we got to find if anyone knows if they can find like the audio from that concert. It must exist somewhere. Maybe we'll ask Joel Osborne. So yeah. He's an Australian fella. Maybe he remembers. I'm sure he was at that show. Maybe he'll probably like, yeah, was. He did say some dirty lyrics. Certainly wormed his way into everything else. That's a fascinating guy, too. Uh, what about some of the song comments? OK, so on Until the Night, 
uh, Italian Stallion Al said he just recently saw the Lords of 52nd Street do this song in Clearwater, Florida. He felt really? like he, was, he felt it was too long. He said that he likes the last three minutes better than the first three, but that's mm. a six minute song. And Wait, he said the, too much. the song itself was too long or them doing it like I think it's the song itself. It's a fairly yeah. long song. It is long. Yeah, they probably Pretty noodled long. on it a little bit. Well, that's interesting that they did it, though. That's weird. Because it is a fun song, you know, like uh, who until is it? the Jack- night is a fun song. Well, Burt Coast said he loves this power ballad. It's a phenomenal song to sing. It has these big highs that it reaches. So it is, a, true. Cool it is song a power ballad, right? Jeff Hutchinson said it's one of his top three Billy Joel songs. Really? That's interesting. And he figured Dave wouldn't know it or like it. He was right about that. I do like it. Uh, and I didn't know it. <laughs> you're right yeah. about it. You were having <laughs> one that. out of two. Dave Nelson said it's one of his favorite deep cuts. Wow. And then we got an interesting comment from someone named 555 LKM who said, it's so good. Somebody loves this song. Every song deserves to be loved by someone. That someone, however, is not me. (laughs) I don't like it. Sounds like goofball country Western more than the Righteous Brothers. However, it is still not my favorite. It is still not my least favorite you song. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) see, damn it. All right, give me the Uptown Girl stuff. Okay, so Uptown Girl, Autumn B. Metal. This is all going to be bad, right? It's all going to be bad? I don't know. (laughs) It's a mixture. Autumn B. Melody said they need the video of Dave's Uptown Girl dance. I assume they mean the Thriller video and not you dancing naked. Exactly, right. Uh, Yeah, where can I? I can give that to you, I guess. I mean, you could put it on Instagram, I suppose. Yeah, give me the video, and I will put it on Instagram so all of us can see it and enjoy it. Stephen J. Johnson, Steve J. Johnson said, okay, Jessgal, come on now. Say, say, say is an all-time banger. What? He's kidding. You, though, right? you mentioned that. Yeah, you no, I like know. Say, I say, remember. Say. I just, but he's kidding that it's an all-time banger. No, no, banger. this guy loves it. He actually just, the morning that the episode came out, he had already just sent that song to his love interest. And oh. he said he would die before he'd ever send her Uptown Girl. Well, I get that. But the say, 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 I mean, if I don't hate the song, it's pretty cool. And it sounds really good. Like the, you know, it's very smooth and cool. And I love Michael Jackson and I love Paul McCartney, but it is, it ain't a Paul McCartney classic, you know, I mean, if you're, or Michael Jackson for that matter, and the video is weird. So I don't know. That's interesting. That's interesting. I don't know if I'd send it to a girlfriend though, or. I, and probably only because of the video, because Michael Jackson's in love with his sister. So that's all I'd be thinking if I sent it to a girlfriend. And that's one of, the, one of the things he mentioned. He's like, besides the video where he's in love oh, with his okay, sister. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Great. All right. As long as we're all clear. Yeah. So 555LKM, who left us, who left that snarky comment about how yes. uh, Until the Night was still not his least favorite. But then he left a comment on Uptown Girl. This can't be good. No, no, listen. He said, often when I listen to this podcast, I gain new appreciation for songs I hadn't paid much attention to. Oh, not this time. <laughs> I still hate it. <laughs> yeah, he always, uh, it's a misdirect with this guy. He's always misdirecting. He's got the old switcheroo <laughs> every single time. Pretty entertaining. Uh, Bert Coast had a funny story. He said in the fourth grade, he lip synced this song at the school talent show to impress his crush. And they had a time limit. The acts couldn't be over a certain length, but the crowd was so into this Uptown Girl performance, they let him finish the song, but the girl was not impressed. Didn't work. Really? See, that's that makes so much sense that this was a huge lip syncing song back then. Why a girl wouldn't be impressed? What an asshole. I'm glad she wasn't and you're not done with her. That would yeah. piss me off. What girl wouldn't be? It doesn't matter what the song is. If your guy's up there singing his heart out and doing the best he can. 
you should be appreciating that anyway. And that song's awesome. Jerks. All right. Well, one guy likes it. Uh, we got a good comment from Dino Courtney, who was at that Olivia Rodrigo show where they oh. sang Uptown Girl together. Courtney said that the only people excited to see Olivia Rodrigo were the small percentage of the population that was just there as a favor to a Billy Joel fan. Okay, right. Like that no, makes one, sense. no one live cared that she was out there. It was just a waste of time. I'm just curious if she also thought she was singing horribly when she was singing the song. I, that's what I was hoping she was. Yeah, say. I don't know. Like, she didn't you know, mention that. Because I don't know it. whether it's just bad because of the quality we have from somebody's camera phone or whether it really was bad. Yeah. You Unclear. know, like uh, Billy, uh, what's that guy's name? Billy's uh, that version of Tush. Jesus Christ, was that horrible? I'm kidding. <laughs> that was I mean, awesome, like, man. Yeah. Whatever. Courtney also <laughs> said the parody was awesome. That was the Disney World. Well, now it's an instant classic because Paul Lauren did it for it the so good. man wrap up and really made it special. I listened to his version like several times because it's so darn good. And then even like the other stuff he was playing there, like the um, oh, that leave a tender moment alone is such a good version. I, I, I love listening to him play. I, I mean, I, I, I just love it. I love. Listen. You know, we haven't recorded or done the stranger yet, even though it's it's coming up. And we're we're pretty we're pretty much just gonna tell you right now, we're gonna let him play every song. It could be four parts. We yeah, don't we, care. We, he he doesn't know that yet, but we're gonna Yeah, he doesn't know, but I think he'll want to. I think you'll want him to, and we don't care. We'll go four parts with this one because it's the fucking stranger. It's the reason we do the podcast. So, you know, forget it. You know this what would be it. fun? I have an idea. You know, you always do like the whole montage. Here's all the songs in the album. He could just montage the whole thing and do like a 12 minute straight no. blend of every song. No, no, I want to hear want full. I want to hear full. This is the Barry Manilow ready to take a chance thing all over again. I can't have a no. I, I love your idea, but I can't have it. I mean, right. I'll need full. So like, I don't care if he does it with some of the songs, but I'm going to need full ones for some of them. I want him to do the entire scenes from an Italian restaurant. <laughs> we, okay. he has to do one. it he has to do it because that would be his crowning achievement on this podcast because that would be a miracle <laughs> right you're, i mean you're laying down the gauntlet i i just think that would be something else i mean i can't picture one well i guess billy joel does it every night i guess but uh, i don't that'll be fun oh my god i'm really looking forward to that I hope yeah, it, me too. I hope it's as fun as it is in my mind. Well, Alon, I, I think that about wraps up the you wrap up because there was only two songs. We're so not used to we're so used to doing like an hour on the wrap ups with the S's and the T's. So that's it. But this is good stuff. We go to the we don't say I guess we don't say V's. We'll just say the V. The V. We're going to the V. <laughs> so we're going to Vienna in our next episode. Our next episode will be Vienna. Well, and then we have the Stranger wrap-up. So that's going to be a ridiculous album wrap-up, which is probably going to be 12 parts. Yeah. It so, has to be. Uh, we'll, we'll see you guys in 2024 for the <laughs> W's. Yeah, so then, right, the Stranger wrap-up, and then we'll have a, a, a guest, and the, and the V wrap-up for our one song. And then... We're, we're it's winding down it's sad yeah we're trying to stretch people we're trying we to make are. this last forever we're gonna have to go to another concert together too yeah we need more of those concert wrap-ups hey you know what's kind of funny um 
the next Billy Joel concert being preempted by by the Rangers Devils. Yeah, because the Rangers and the Knicks, the next one got moved from a Saturday night to a Tuesday night. Oh, which means that there might be a lot of people who now can't go. So we might be able to get like super cheap StubHub tickets for people who are desperate. Oh, I like it. Brilliant. Think about that. Yeah, we can go again, and so I can complain about the fact that it's the same show every time, every single time. That's all right. When Billy Joel's on this show, when we get him, which is in the works. I'm going to tell him that exact thing. I'll tell it to his face. Do you really think yes. I'll do it? I think you will because we're doing it for all the fans. We have to have a tough love moment with Billy where he realizes not well, all these yes men around him. We have to tell it, him the truth. Yeah, it's an easy way to word it too. Just be like, is it possible you could ever play a deeper cut than what you've been doing? You know, something like word it like that. Or like we have thousands of listeners and they write to us constantly that they all want to hear December song. We don't even know what this song is, <laughs> oh, but they're upset. Please, we are so sick. We are It's big on TikTok. <laughs> they love it on TikTok. I don't and know. They'll be like, on. what are you talking about? He probably doesn't know about it, remember it. It's probably not called that. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be the best. All right, lots still to go. I'm Billy Joel A to Z. It's fantastic. Join us next time for Vienna, everybody's favorite. This is Billy Joel A to Z. See you next time. So now you've heard what they thought of that song. Famous last words. This podcast ran too long. Stories, jokes, your hosts were full of silly anecdotes and so it goes. Another show about Billy Joe.